Happy New Year, you wonderful humans out there. We hope that our time away treated you kindly and that you were able to rest yourselves enough to lull yourself into a false sense of comfort. Just comfortable enough to be scared again because we're back, baby. New Year, same old sisters, here again with new stories and the history and lore of the strange and bizarre and the unknown. It's time for scary stories to tell your sisters. Megan. Hello, Dana. Happy New Year. I miss this recording schedule and research time. Though, I mean, Me too. Like you said, it was nice to recover and like fully enjoy it with work and friends. But it's nice to be back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, like it just it feels good to be back. You're like, ooh, yay, I missed this. I missed it. It was fun, but it, I mean um, um absence really did make the heart grow fonder in this it instance did, it did i was able to let me like fully like relax and let my brain not hyperfixate on procrastination because i can't limbo but man can i really get it in right under the wire but that is funny how are you doing i know the time off wasn't as restful for you <laughs> I know we had we had a sick house, but I managed to not get sick. But poor Ray has been sick for forever now, it seems. Yeah. But that seems to be the the way it is lately with everybody. So, yeah, he was sick, but it was relaxing. Like he was able to he didn't have work, so he was able to relax. I didn't have work, so I was able to relax as much as possible. And um, it was a good time. My mom was staying with us for a little bit. And uh, she was sleeping in the guest room. And one night, Ray and I were getting ready for bed. I shut off all the lights. And at night, the cats like to go outside. Not all. They just go outside for a little bit. And then I'll call them in before bed. And they stay very close by. So they can usually just, you know, pop off yeah. the like windowsill and come running it so i'm shutting off all the lights ray is in one of the rooms i can't remember where he was and i go to the front door open the door and i call for wednesday and story and so first i call for wednesday and i'm like wednesday wednesday and she comes running in runs past me and then I look over to the right and I see Story just sitting by the window. And I'm like, come on, Story, come inside. So she comes on in and then I look over to the left one more time. And here comes Wednesday. And I said, what? I just let you in. What is going on? I did not see her. She did not sneak past. I would have noticed that. So I'm like, wait, something is off here. Did you let another cat into your house? I sure did. <laughs> he is officially named Todd. Okay. And he comes into the house now when I call Wednesday. I'm like, what 
gosh. Do you have a new babe? But see, he comes like every few days, like every other day or so. Um, I don't think he belongs to anybody because he's awfully skinny and he's not neutered. And I think that if he belonged to somebody, they probably would have him neutered if they're letting him out and about. But yeah, he comes in, he eats a ton of food, and then he'll run to the living room area and plop down on the carpet, roll on his back, like, come pet me, and I'll pet him a little bit, and then he'll be ready to go outside. And he goes outside, and he's so cute. Todd. He's so cute, Toddy boy. You need to keep him. You need to get him fixed or spayed. And all of That's what I told Ray. He's like, what? But mm-hmm. he, I know he wants to. Yeah. He, we can't leave him out there in this cold no. weather either. But go ahead, Dana. Tell me about you. So I was home for the week prior to Christmas. Like leading up to Christmas, I was home. I didn't, unlike you, I did not have any time off. I had Monday after Christmas off. But then it was right back to work and I flew away for work. And so I was able to start the new year in a new place. But now I'm back. I'm in my bed. I don't have my trusty sidekick back with me, but he might be here at some point in the recording. But it was good. No, I was able to relax, do it like a deep clean. Like we, because we were flying out, Mabby and I were flying out the Wednesday after Christmas. We were supposed to. Minute plan the Thursday because of cancellations. Yeah, I didn't realize there was like some nationwide flight thing. Oh, it's it's a mess. Even on the way home, our flight got delayed. Okay. Let me go home, please. Oh yeah. Um, so our flight got canceled, and it was the only flight of the day. It was the only flight of the day to that airport that got canceled, but they couldn't reschedule us, and it was almost like. Abby and I, there was so many different choices that either Abby and I would go in a different way to go there or not go at all with work. We ended up going. It was great. And then we came back this past Monday because we're recording it the weekend before we release it. Really good at that under the wire thing. We came back Monday and then it was literally right back to the normal grind this week so it was i started the new year nose to the grind just keep on going which is good though because we have the weekends to relax and be with each other here me and you and then friday nights abby and i do movie nights and so it's really nice cool do you have any new year's resolutions or do you do that? Or do you do anything? I don't like... think I do resolutions per se. Because I feel like time is a construct. Mm-hmm. And you can start new anytime you want to. But I do kind of like the collective, like, new year. If you can start something. It's basically not even a resolution. Just kind of being like, I'm going to do this this year. I was just talking about it with Abby. And I, you know, just kind of trying to be more fiscally responsible. Because I tend to spend emotionally. Like, I'm like, I need something to make me feel better or to make someone else feel better. All the money that I think I have to spend. And then something will come up later. It's like, oop, that money I spent on 
XYZ could have gone to this bill or this thing that I'm like tight with now. So trying to be like more fiscally responsible, but also trying to be more emotionally responsible in like my setting boundaries and focusing on creating a better person of myself for the benefit of not only myself, but those closest to me. Nice. I don't know. But just trying to be like, you know what? Be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And then sometimes that means allowing others, like, not allowing, but making others respect your own boundaries. Yeah, it's important. Because I'm definitely a people person. A people pleaser, not a people person. A people yeah. Pleaser. So, yeah. That's kind of just it. Nothing like really like solid resolution. Like I'm going to like dry January or I'm going to lose weight. Yeah. There's things I want to do too, but it's like, I'm not going to make it a resolution that can be broken. Right. I'm just kind of like working like a mindset aspect. That's like something in general. Right. That's good. What about you? Do you do resolutions? I absolutely love New Year's. I like the idea of like a clean slate. I didn't do resolutions this year. What we did was like we picked a word of the year okay. each. And then we did we did list of things that we wanted to invite more of, things we wanted to invite invite more of into our lives and things we wanted to let go of. Oh. And I liked that. I really, really enjoyed that because it feels like less pressure and more of like, I could do this. And what do I really want? And what do I really want to let go of? It's just, it was nice. So we did that on New Year's Eve. It was very relaxing. And uh, we watched, well, before we did that, I went over to Rachel's and we watched Sister Wise. So we got that in. But now we're here to tell scary stories. Did you stay up till midnight? Yes. Did you? (laughs) You did it? Abby and I went after dinner. On New Year's Eve, we'd have to work New Year's Eve for the first time in like eight years. So we were off New Year's Eve. So we went out to dinner at a restaurant. It was delicious. I ate too much. And then we came home. Abby was asleep by like 10.30. Wow. And I was like, I'm going to stay awake. I'm going to do it. It was like 11.55. And I was like, (gasps) oh, my God. No, we watched the ball drop. And Ray is like, you know, I'm pretty sure that this isn't on time. And I'm like, what? And we look at the time and it's already 12. And they're like, 10. No, I'm saying. So we just waited until their ball dropped. And then so we, funny. we toasted some sparkling cider. Oh, my gosh. I had a couple sips. I'm not really supposed to be having anything sparkling. Oh, because of the carbonation aspect? Yeah. So I, and neither is he. So we just took a couple sips and then we dumped it. <laughs> but it was nice. It oh. felt special. I wanted to wake up and make happy new year. But then I ended up falling. I was like, stay awake. I looked at the clock and it was 11.55. And I was like, you can do it. And then I woke up at 2 a.m. sick to my stomach. So I was alone. Like, <laughs> so that's when you did it. Happy new year. Happy new year. But no, but now I'm here and healthy. To, uh, ish alive <laughs> i'm alive and i'm more than ready to hear your topic all right well let's get started and let's get just right into it the topic that i have this week is a topic 
that I've been wanting to do for so long, not only because I find it quite interesting, but also because I've had an experience to do with this topic as well. And I don't know if I actually believed in this until it happened to me. Okay. And I hear a lot of the stories like on TikTok when you're scrolling through, a lot of people have had an experience of, you you want to guess or no? Like message from beyond? No. Okay. I'll just go ahead and say because I didn't really give you any clues. No, you and didn't. So I'm like, what could such be experience? A glitch in the matrix, Dana. Yeah. So the term comes from the movie The Matrix, as a lot of you have heard of. In it, there's the physical world, and then there's a world that's a simulation. But as we know, nothing runs smoothly all the time. And so in the matrix or simulation, a glitch can occur. People today use the phrase glitch in the matrix when they've had a strange experience that seems to be unexplainable. And sometimes people even claim to believe this is due to us actually living in a simulation ourselves. So today I'm going to share accounts from people who claim to have had experience that defy explanation. And that'll leave you pondering the question, is it possible that we are living in a simulation? I hate that. I hate that so much. Really? It gives me such anxiety. Right? That is crazy. Somebody. But before we get started, though, Dana, this <laughs> made me think of how many times in life there have been moments where we wonder, is this real life? Like, is this happening right now? Is this really happening? Not a really like a glitch in the matrix per se, but more like an experience that makes me feel like I'm a living sim. Yeah. Like, like from the game, you know? And yeah. My, my creator or whatever just forgot to push pause and now life is just playing out. Like, like the time that I was like driving home from this unfamiliar place when I had a one day babysitting job in a location that was like in the middle of nowhere. I'm driving back, IBS strikes, and I couldn't find a bathroom anywhere or anywhere private for that matter to even pull over. And I'm momentarily wondering if I should grab the container in the back seat and pray nobody sees me as I drive. I'm not kidding. It was absolute torture. Thankfully, I ended up finding a Lowe's or a Home Depot or something. And I walked so cautiously inside because it was going to happen. And the funny thing was, is I didn't eat anything that day. And I know this is rambling, but I didn't eat anything that day because I was really nervous about working for this family one day. Yeah. So all I had was coffee. So I'm sure that was it. It was coffee. That was it. It was coffee. <laughs> or the time, Dana, that you... We're coming out of the house and you tripped and flew off the raised front porch, landing flat on your face while mom laughed. Yeah. And then finally, the time on Christmas Day 2016 when dad had just died and we're heading back to the waiting room in the hospital where our close family and friends are waiting to comfort us. And while we're hugging and crying... A sweet special needs choir enters the waiting room 
and begins singing Christmas carols. And the man, who shall not be named, cuts those sweet kids off and asks them to stop because someone had just died. Not a glitch per se, but definitely moments where you wonder, is this real life? Or is someone... Like, oh, not even not, not even like you listen to Matrix, but almost like a Truman Show aspect thing. Like, yes, that aspect. Like, what sick person is getting a kick out of all these pratfalls and like scenarios that are stranger than fiction? Right. And the funny thing about the choir is that they're singing Christmas songs, and the group in this waiting room. Not only did somebody just die, but they're all, they, none of them celebrate Christmas. None of them. None of them. <laughs> so it was like such a weird thing. Like no one wanted to say anything. And like our immediate family didn't say anything. The person who said it wasn't someone of our family member. No, we would have let them sing. Like, thank you so much. But I was like, what the fresh hell is happening? Like this, I felt like I was in the office. Show. Totally. When did. that happened, I was like, "This, this can't be real." No, no. Just died. Right, and it wasn't like a regular waiting room. It was like ICU, yeah. whatever. It was the ICU waiting room for the families, like the family ICU area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, for me, what it is is when I have a really weird sense of deja vu out of nowhere like in the middle of anything and i'm like and i think to myself this is what this is what fucks me up i think to myself what if the real me is somewhere dreaming or in a coma and this entire life that i've lived that i know is just a dream or a coma memory and they're gonna wake up and be like oh there's something happened so weird Let's go back to this life that and then I have you no know, recollection of all of this life. <gasps> yeah, that's so wild. And that was like some of the stories that I read too, where people are like, they wake up from this dream. One of them, I didn't edit in here, but it was actually really good. This dude wakes up from what he thought was his real life, Dana. And he had a family. He was, I think he was a fisherman and or maybe I'm lying to you. Maybe he was single. But he was a yeah. He was a single like fisherman, and he like went through his life, and then he wakes up next to his wife, and it's a completely different life altogether. That nothing that he experienced in that dream state is anything like his current life now. So yeah. I mean, it happens apparently. Yeah. No. But let's get started, Dane. Freaks me out. I'm ready. All right. So this first story is a story from this this person on Reddit. I did get a couple of these stories off of Reddit. So, you know, you don't know if these are true or not, but they're quite interesting. So this one starts out, when I was a kid in England in primary school around 1987-ish, a new kid joined the school on a temporary basis for a term. He had an American accent and was ginger. His name was Lee. Before he left us, he brought into school what today would look sort of like a tablet computer. But this was very thin with brown tanned glass. He had cartoons on it, 
He totally loved cartoons and movies. I swear this happened. I didn't dream it. It was amazing. There was a crowd of kids who saw it and their reaction was interesting because they liked it and they wanted one, comparing it to the Nintendo game and watch and calculators. But I sort of accepted it and didn't think it was magical. Sorry, it's okay. But it certainly was. I said to him, it was like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy prop used in the TV series. He didn't know what I meant. He kept it away from the teachers and didn't bring it back. I kept asking him questions about his calculator TV. And he just gave vague answers and saying he didn't know. But when I asked where he bought it, he said his dad got it from the U.S. One other thing he said, he saw a movie which had every cartoon character ever. A few years later, I realized he was talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which came out soon after. This was 30 years ago, and you can imagine how difficult in all this time it's been to describe this thing. As we haven't had ubiquitous tablets everywhere, I used to draw diagrams of it and show it to people. I went crazy when I saw the Tom Hanks movie, Big the scene where he pitches a handheld comic book video device. My parents just sort of acknowledged it, just humoring me. And when Star Trek The Next Generation came out and the pad was shown on the screen, I went, that's it, that's the thing. Eventually the tablet PC came out and I remember thinking, finally, at last. And the video iPod was further confirmation. Today, it's obvious that it was a tablet computer, and my story sounds more convenient. I suppose I could track some of the other kids down on Facebook to prove this. I bet they would remember. Naturally, no one believes me. So creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So I really do wonder what they saw in school, what the kid had, what, I don't know, maybe his father worked in some sort of like science fields yeah and it maybe was he like kind of stole it and it was like i can't talk about it. maybe he got in trouble maybe it's like a prototype of something yeah it very well could have been he was because like, oh go ahead you're fine go ahead no because i mean they do have those things i remember ray telling me i think they used to or they were going to come out with a combo like playstation nintendo thing before they came out with the playstation and, like, not even that, but, like, well, this is the 70s, it said? 80s. 80s. Okay. The computers were still pretty big and bulky. Like, the the chips in them were still pretty big. So having a smaller thing. Oh, true. The, the size of it really gets me in that one. Because. Yeah. But at the same time, if you like wonder like if it's us in the u.s maybe it was some government thing and i'm not saying it's like it's conspiracy like with government but more the fact like maybe it was some prototype that his dad was working on so maybe he didn't talk about it anymore because he got in trouble mm. mm-hmm. uh, it's like, yeah they came from america and then they yeah. were in wherever they were yeah so like that reminded me of that and also there was a 
article or something that was that was produced recently that was talked about like I think a hundred years ago or something like that, people were trying to say what life would be like in twenty twenty three and someone mentioned watch size devices like oh yeah and it's just a strange thing because they, they, they didn't even have like basic like any of that some of that time anyway they had some of it but nothing like oh yeah it says your watch like and like and it's like you know you barely had regular phone type things wait you're saying yeah. like basically predicting a smartphone type thing yeah totally so this next one i have is a short a short story and it's more of like a coincidence than a glitch but i liked it so i'm gonna share it yeah no love it i got a call from a police officer telling me if i didn't pay some old fines within a week he would come arrest me the total was 267 dollars and 63 cents it was about two weeks before christmas so i was really sweating it the very next day I got a check in the mail for $267.63. Why? For overpaid child support throughout the year. Craziest, most unexplainable thing I've ever had happen to me. I just liked that one. I thought it was really actually kind of sweet. Like, you know, what a nice feeling to have relief. <laughs> Sorry, Wait, I just... I, it, it, is, it is strange that it's the exact amount down to like the cent. Exactly. So on to the next one. This one is eerie. I was performing massage after massage from morning, from morning till night in the winter of 2018. One day, I worked with this client named Jerry, a lovely and polite 75-year-old man. I noticed his name immediately because Jerry is not a common name where I live. And he also stood out because he was the only client I had ever had who wanted to talk through the whole session. No. No. I told him about his wife and their kids. Nope. Told me? Nope. I lie. He told me about his wife <laughs> and their kids. She's not a psychic masseuse. He told me that his son just graduated from university and that he already had his own business running. He told me he was proud because his son had been severely injured in the army and worked hard to build himself back up. Then he told me he himself was a retired soldier. I have always been amazed by soldiers, so I was listening to him like a little girl. And he finally told me about his cancer of the lungs. He didn't want to have any treatment. He had been told he would die soon, five years ago but mysteriously survived without chemo. So we talked about many very specific details of his life. As he turned on his chest, I also saw a big scar on the back of his shoulder, which he had received during his time in the army. After we were done, he waved at me and left. But my colleague told me there was something weird going on with the way he looked at me. It was like he already knew me. I'm crazy. I didn't think too much of it, but I talked about him to my sister. Two weeks later, I went to go get my next client, and it was Jerry. I started to ask him about some of the things we had spoken about, but he thought it was odd that I knew so much about him. 
when I asked him about his health and his cancer, he was shocked. The more we talked and talked, I realized we were having the exact same conversation as the last time. And he was convinced he had not been here for many, many years. What? I remembered his scars on the back of his shoulder. So when he turned over, I checked to see if I was going crazy. But they were there, of course. When he came out of my cabin, one of my old colleagues, she worked here for over 20 years, was shocked to see him. She told me he hadn't come to our institute in the last five years. So he was like, you see, I told you. I ran to check the client's data and there was no Jerry recorded for the past five years. I was shaking and I remember I had told my sister about him last time. So I texted her to see if she remembered or if I was going crazy. Yeah. And she did. My other colleague came out from the back and told me the exact same thing as the last time. It's weird the way he looks at, at you and waved to you. It's like he knew you from somewhere or that you were dear to his heart. I told her she said the exact same thing to me two weeks ago, but she didn't remember. <gasps> Isn't that eerie? The fact that like her sister remembers, but not her colleague. That's yeah. strange. I thought the colleague would remember too. Like, oh yeah, Jerry. Right. No. Yeah. And this next one that I have is, was in a thread with Glitch in the Matrix stories. But I feel like it could be, it could be a glitch in the matrix, yes. But there's a possibility it could be like something else as well. <laughs> you be the judge. I work as a security nighttime attendant at an apartment building. It's 24 stories and one of the oldest buildings in the city. One night, I'm sitting here when the phone rings at about 3 a.m. Nope. And I answer. Hello, this is Draven at the front desk. How can I help you? The voice on the other end sounded female, but was totally garbled. And only, and the only bit I could make out was 23rd floor. I tried to tell the person I couldn't understand it and asked what apartment they were in. But again, garbled response and 23rd floor. After the third time of trying to understand them and the same response, I said, since I couldn't understand them, I'd come up and meet them in the hallway. So I go to the main elevators and both are up on the face. Mm -hmm. Is there a floor? That's right. Luckily, we have an older service elevator and it's only on the seventh floor. So I call it down. I get it and I hit the button for the 23rd floor, but it won't move, and the inner doors won't close. Uh-uh. So I go to unlock the reset panel, and boom, we start going up. Up. Door still open. Can you imagine? That would freak no. the heck out. And it's freaking them out. I'm freaking out, and the elevator is shaking because it's going pretty fast and is old. As I'm going up, I just stay towards the back. And finally, I reach floor 23. I step out, door closes just fine, and I look around the hallway. There's nobody around. I walk around slowly, trying to listen 
for anyone awake or who might have called, but there's nothing. So now I head the opposite direction and go towards where the regular elevators are. And I, when I get to them, they are just sitting there with their doors open. I was pretty freaked out, but I knew it could just be the elevators on the fritz. So I get in and figure I'll just reset them when I get to the, the first floor, when I hear the sound of the back stairwell closing. Mm. So I quickly get out and go to the stairwell, and lo and behold, no one is there. But the maintenance door to the machine room is ajar. And at that time, I'm the only one in the building with a key. At the top of the building is a large machine room housing all of the really, really loud machinery that does stuff in the building and allows access to the roof. I don't like going in it because it's creepy as fuck, and no one ever goes there. So at this point, I'm seriously freaked out, but I muster up and head in. I shout, hello, and there's no response. The lights in the room flicker because they're shitty fluorescent, so I can't see well either. But at the end of the room, I can make out the roof access door, and sure as shit, it's slightly open. No! So I slowly continue forward, checking the space in between each machine as I walk by. And there's no one there. So I open the roof access door. I can't see anyone ahead of me on the roof. But there's a slight wrap around. And if there was a jumper or something, I needed to be sure. So I step out and leave the door ajar like it was. Almost immediately, the door is pulled shut. <clears throat> now, I might have written it off as, a, as the wind or something. But this door is hard to shut and hard to open, really hard. So I immediately grab and hand, I grab the handle and yank it open, slam it behind me and run straight for the maintenance door. It automatically locks when it closed. So I slam it shut too and go back to the 23rd floor hallway, get into the elevator, door still open and go all the way down to the first floor. Will the door still open? Yes. Oh. I go back to the main lobby, and as soon as I sit down, the phone rings. I pick it up, don't say a word, and sure as hell, garbled voice again, only audibly saying, 23rd floor. I hung up the phone, turned the ringer off, and spent the rest of the evening just staring at the parking garage security monitor. Isn't that strange? I don't like that one. I like it, but like in a creepy way. Not like I want to be there because I don't. <laughs> I like reading about it, not being there. Yeah. And last story I have, Dana, is my glitch in the matrix. I'm so excited. So this happened a few months ago. I'm a nanny, and the little guy I take care of, we'll call him P, was out of school for a few days. And I think it was a Wednesday when this happened, and we were just running a few errands. It looked like it was going to rain. When we headed to our last stop, we were going into the store, grocery store, and I asked P to grab the umbrella just in case the rain started while we were in the store. 
he was taking a while. So I just decided to grab the umbrella myself. And it was where I always keep it on the back seat, like on the floorboard of the back seat. Okay. And it's important to note, this is my only umbrella. I actually, we in this household did not have any umbrellas in this house. And I was at Home Depot with Ray and we saw this large umbrella for sale for like $4.99 or something. And I was like, oh my God, that's a great deal. I'm getting it. So I got it and I keep it in my car at all times. Always in the same spot on the floorboard in the back. It's large, black and white, and the tag, I've never ripped it off. And I just got it, like, you know, like I said, a couple months ago. So I just have never ripped off the tag. Anyways, it didn't rain while we were in the store. So I put it back on the floorboard and I told P to remind me to take it out when we got back to the house. We were going to walk to his friend's house. Mm -hmm. They live in the neighborhood. And it's like a three-minute walk. But still, you know, if it rains, I want to have the umbrella with us. Yeah. So we get back to the house. I take the umbrella out and place it by the front door at P's house. Okay. He had to grab, like, his Pokemon cards. And I had to bring in the food. And after that, we walked out of the house, grabbed the umbrella, and started walking. We had the umbrella opened. And when we got to his friend's house, we left it opened and placed it on his friend's front porch. They have like a large front porch and it, this was the only umbrella there, handled down on the ground, still open. P played with his buds for like an hour and then I heard thunder and I said, okay, we better go because it sounds like the storm is finally here. So P grabs his stuff and we walk out the door. But when we step out, we notice the umbrella is gone. Both of us are so confused and P suggests maybe it blew away. It wasn't particularly windy or anything, but you know, it's possible. Yeah, storms so, now maybe a blue, like, storm was blowing in. Right. And it being a big umbrella, I knew that if this happened, we would be able to find it, you know? Yeah. So we look around and their yard is not like open wide. So if it did blow around, it would have been like in their front yard. Okay. So we're looking around and nothing. Weird. So finally, we just started walking home without it. And on the way, I was like talking to P about telling him a story about how actually in the past somebody had stolen my umbrella when we were at the library. And he was talking to me and like, you know, asking me questions about it. So that would be the end of the story. Except two days later, when I was getting into my car to head to work, I was going to do a couple of things at the house while they were out for the day. Mm -hmm. And as I get to the car, I realized I hadn't locked my door that night, the night before. Okay. So being cautious, I checked my back seat to make sure that nobody was like hiding back there or anything. <laughs> right. Thankfully, there was nobody back there. But what was back there on the floorboard was my freaking umbrella with a tag on it and everything. So weird. And the thing is, you don't live near your job. No. So naturally, I was so confused and I 
called my boss to ask her if maybe like they had returned the umbrella and yesterday, like the day before I had been there, maybe she or he had just placed it where I normally keep it, you know? Yeah. And the, the friend's house cannot be seen from their house. So they don't even know. They don't know it's my umbrella, A. Yeah. They don't know that I keep it in that spot in the car, B. They don't even know that it's my umbrella. You know, they, they don't know any of that. They don't even know. They might know my car, but they don't because we usually walk there, you know. I've yeah. picked them up from there before, but it's not like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, whatever. But I called her and I was like, hey, did you guys put the umbrella back in my car? And she had no idea what I was talking about. And I told her the entire story. And she's like, no. And P is in the back seat. And he is just as confused as I am. And we still talk about it to this day because, Dana, it is the strangest thing that has ever occurred in my life. That is so weird. Where did it go? The thing is, I remember that day and that scenario, that situation vividly vividly i remember talking with him on the way home gosh where's the umbrella whatever whatever and then you know people might say well did you possibly just leave it at their house no because on the camera at p's house because on the camera the father actually said yeah i saw you guys leave to walk to their house with the umbrella open and i was like why are they walking with the umbrella open if it's not raining yet so you have other witnesses to the thing, too. Yeah. That is so weird. Yeah, it was really strange. I didn't, I, I think, you, I remember you told me this, but I don't remember the end with the father being like, I saw you guys leaving on the camera. Yes. Confirming that, yeah, you did have the umbrella that day, and yeah, you were walking with it. So it's like, not just like, oh, maybe I didn't have it, you know. Right. So... Those are my glitches in the Matrix stories, Dana. What you got for me? Okay, so I love that. That was really good. My topic is interesting this week because it's not just one thing or like a cryptid or like a specific entity. In fact, it could be you or me or like a twin stranger more ominously, a double walker, a double goer, or an entity known simply as a doppelganger. Ooh, creepy. Now, it's funny because when you reminded, when you told me about the story with Wednesday and like her coming in, then her not coming in, like with the thing, I was like, oh, that's really coincidental. Yeah. Uh, so now a doppelganger is actually, the word is a German word. That simply means what I previously said, double walker or double goer. And while many people will like toss that word around when you see someone who resembles either you, someone you know, or a celebrity, we often say they're celebrity doppelgangers. Like, you know, like, oh, Margot Robbie looks like Jamie. I forgot her name is. But Presley. Like, yes. <laughs> they look so much like they're like doppelgangers. That's kind of just a fun kind of a fun part of it like a look-alike thing because <laughs> the historic and parent paranormal aspects of it all are more so ghostly harbingers or supernatural entity that embodies another person's appearance 
as a premonition of sorts. Mm-hmm. So, like, we use the word nowadays. Like I said, it's a German word. But it wasn't until the 1800s that we adopted that for the meaning that we use it for. Because there have been terms throughout history and throughout different cultures that have had something similar. There's the word fetch, which is an Irish term, which is defined as an exact spectral double of a living human whose appearance is regarded as ominous. A sighting of a fetch is generally taken as important of its exemplars looming death. Ooh. So, and then in Finland, there's a Finnish folklore that every thing, person, place, or thing has a, I cannot look up how to pronounce this, haltia, haltia, haltija, um, H-A-L-T-I-G-A which is like a fairy or guardian creature of their own. And there is one of them in particular known as an Etienne. And it's basically like a doppelganger, but it appears it appears as an impression that goes ahead of the person doing things that they will later do. So almost like the cat walking in and then the cat walks in a moment later. <gasps> Ooh, interesting. Yeah, like now the example given to this one, like very similar to Wednesday and Toby. Toby? No. Who's Toby? Todd. Todd. (laughs) Now an example of this akin to Wednesday and Todd is that say you're waiting for someone to come home and you might hear the door open and close and you might possibly see out of the corner of your eye someone walk kind of through only, only to remember a moment later that they're not here yet. And the Etienne can also refer to some kind of feeling that something is going to happen, like a premonition of something. Mm-hmm. So, Megan, when I was researching this, I was pleasantly and terrifyingly impressed by the amount of accounts of doppelgangers, like throughout history, with like historical known figures, not just like Guy Joe saw something. So, I'm actually going to tell you. The historical ones today. Oh, I'm excited. Because they're actually a lot more than I was expecting. Uh, So it's interesting. Now, first and foremost, we'll tell you the tale of Honest Abe, our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, and his doppelganger. So soon after Abraham Lincoln was elected in 1860, he was at his home. And he looked into a mirror and he saw himself, but also a double image of himself. He saw a double image of his face reflected in the mirror. One of his faces was his quote unquote real face. And the other was a pale, ghastly imitation. (gasps) Now, Megan, I don't know if you know this or not, but his wife, Mary Todd Lincoln, was intensely superstitious. And even though he called her in to see it, by the time she came in, it was gone. She believed him. Not only did she believe him, but she was troubled over it. She came to the conclusion that this meant him seeing this. This meant that the sharper image indicated that he would successfully serve out a first term of his pre- presidency. 
but she said that the faint ghost-like image was a sign that he would not live to complete a second term. Oh, that's scary. Which history confirms to be true. But side note, side note, this wasn't the only time that Lincoln courted the sight of death. And even though it's not an doppelganger aspect, I needed to share this. It's so creepy. I just want to know more about what it was about Lincoln and Mary that had so many creepy premonitions tied around them. Yeah. I think I, I could be wrong. I think she might have held seances and stuff, too. In the I house. heard that. I think I heard that. I know, I know there was at least like a first wife of some sort, a first lady of some sort that was really into the spiritistic aspect so here's the other thing that happened with lincoln so this gentleman named ward hill lamon or lamon he was a close friend of lincoln's and he wrote down what lincoln told him on an evening in 1865 so i was going to read it to you um about 10 days ago, I retired very late, the president told Lamont. I soon began to dream. There seemed to be a death-like stillness about me. Then I heard subdued sobs, as if a number of people were weeping. I thought I left my bed and wandered downstairs. I arrived at the East Room. Before me was a... I did not see this word before. A cattle falk. Catafuck, whatever. What is that word? Hold on. What is this word? Bear with me as I figure out what this word is. Cattlefolk? Maybe. What is that? Oh, no. That's what I thought you said. <laughs> oh, basically a coffin. So the frame that is called a cadefall. Cadefall? So a cadefalk. Um, which is a raised box, like a platform that normally supports a coffin, casket, or body. So Lincoln sees this, the catafalque, on which rested a corpse wrapped in funeral vestments. Around it were stationed soldiers who were acting as guards, and there was a throng of people, some gazing mournfully upon the corpse, whose face was covered. Others weeping pitifully. Who is dead in the White House? I, Lincoln, demanded of the, one of the soldiers. The president was his answer. He was killed by an assassin. Oh, my God. Isn't that creepy? That is extremely creepy. I would be, oh, right? I was so uneasy, you know? They're like, oh, don't like that. So that was what. And then another one was another ruler um, who was visited by a doppelganger. So we're going back in time to the 1700s. We're going across the globe to Russia. And we're visiting Catherine II, who was widely known as Catherine the Great. She was Russia's longest-standing female ruler. When her husband was assassinated, she became the Empress of Russia. She reigned from 1762 until she died in 1796. So in 1796, she was woken up by one of her servants who was very concerned and very scared. 
she said they had just seen her sitting in the throne room. And obviously they're waking her up. So it's like, yeah, throne room, well, you're here. So puzzled, Catherine gets out of bed to see what the heck is going on. When she gets to the throne room, she says she saw an exact replica of herself on the throne. Oh, that would be scary. Her doppelganger seemed very tranquil, like very chill and relaxed. Nonetheless, Catherine said, kill her. Ah. Shoot her. And I couldn't find anything about what happened after she was shot. Like if she vanished or did they even shoot at her or whatever. But Catherine is, does not, she does not play games. She's a killer. Catherine the Great died of a stroke a few weeks after this happened. Ooh. So it's almost like, did she foresee something? Mm-hmm. Up next is Percy Shelley. He's known as a poet and author, but more importantly to me, he is the husband of Mary Shelley, our little weirdo goth queen and the mother of science fiction when she wrote frankenstein okay so percy told mary he was also well well known mary is number one in my heart though (laughs) (laughs) percy told mary like he he became more famous after his death because a lot of times they don't want to publish him because they're like oh he's like a, a weird like a weirdly outspoken atheist and we don't get in trouble for, like, like writing things in the 1800s from, like, atheist people. That's sad. So he told Mary, as well as many of his close friends, that he himself had seen his own doppelganger many times until his death in, on July 8th, 1822. And in August of that same year, Mary wrote to her friend recounting many a time when he saw his doppelganger. One time when Mary nearly died while suffering from a miscarriage, which I think happened in June of that very year. So like she died in July. I think she almost I think she almost died in June. He had a nightmare of his house flooding and crushing them all. Oh God. Interesting because he actually died of drowning. Oh. Drowned in a ship. His boat got caught in a storm. But he was trying to explain it on the terrace the next morning. And he said that he saw his doppelganger and it asked him, how long do you expect to be content? Oh, my God. What a question. Right. I said, I forever. Thank you. <gasps> so Mary herself wrote about it in a letter to a friend. And I'm going to read it to you now to kind of get the whole vibe of it all. But... Obviously, it's going to be some very well-written things. (laughs) She says, and I quote, But Shelley had often seen figures when ill. But the strangest thing is that Miss Williams saw him. Now, Jane, Jane Williams, though a woman of sensibility, was not, has not much imagination and is not in the slightest degree nervous, neither in dreams or otherwise. So basically, like, she's a straight shooter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was standing one day the day before i was taken ill june 15th so that's what you was taken ill when her miscarriage almost happened i think i could be lying to you but that's what i'm saying to myself okay at the window that looked on the terrace with trelawney it was day she saw as she thought 
Shelley passed by the window as he was often then without a coat or jacket. So he walked by. And then he passed again. Now, as he passed both times the same way as from the side towards which he went same time, like basically he went the same direction, like left to right, some again, left to right. Mm-hmm. Um, except there was no way to get back except past that window. Oh. Except over a wall 20 feet off the ground. Oh. She was struck at seeing him pass twice and looked out and seeing him no more cried, good God, could Shelley have left from the wall? Where can he have gone? Shelley said, Trelawney said, no, Shelley has passed. What do you mean? Trelawney's, oh, no, I'm sorry, she said Shelley didn't, didn't pass. Trelawney says that she trembled exceedingly when she heard this, and it proved indeed that Shelley had never been on the terrace and was far off at the time she saw him. Oh. Like, he wasn't even there at the, at the location. Yeah. And what, what I just want to say is, I mean, somebody could say, well, maybe it was somebody else, but then that doesn't explain how they were able to... Pass- yeah. 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 That that the the movement aspect of repeating that same movement that strange and the only way to do that again is to pass by the window and unless someone's crawling back under the window that that was that's a sight. And there's another man. His name is Johann Wolfgang von Ghost. Very simple. Nice name. He- I should have said that. I'm sorry. I mean, it's a nice name, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Who knows? It could be a nice name to, to, for him. He might like it. I know. I shouldn't have said it. I'm sorry, Johann von Goethe. Wolfgang. I forgot Wolfgang. Oh. So he was an 18th century poet in Germany. And this one kind of shows very similar to like a glitch in the Matrix type doppelganger thing. So very fortuitous that we're both discussing this today. It's almost like a glitch in the matrix, but also like a parallel like time loop almost. Ooh. Because he said that he was traveling to visit a a woman that he was having an affair with. Oh. I don't know if he was having an affair with or like having an affair like, oh, he was in love with her or whatever. Or like it said he's having an affair. So Wolfgang, who knows? So he was super, like, lost in thought. He was very in his feels and thinking. So he's traveling, and he looks up while he's traveling, and he sees a man dressed in a gray suit that was trimmed in gold. And he sees this man for just a moment before the man vanishes. And... He's like, that's so strange. Okay, so eight years later, Goth again is traveling on that same road again to visit Friedrich. So love has lasted eight years at least. And while he's traveling on the road, he comes to the realization that he is wearing that very same gray suit trimmed in the gold that he had seen on the other man that double eight years earlier oh my god so he said that it comforted him 
after his love had parted. He's like, basically, like, I saw myself. I saw myself in the future doing this, being like, yep, you're still doing this type thing. Mm. Yeah. And now, Megan, and now, Megan, I have saved the best for last. Okay, this one, I literally gave me such creeps that I made Abby let me tell her this one <laughs> in the middle of the night before we had to take Ferris out for like an unprecedented midnight walk. Ooh. I was like, hey, I'll tell you a scary story before we go out at midnight. Not, was like, not good timing. Why? Why would you do that to me? So this. It's weird that all of these are, like, in the 18th century or the 1800s. I almost want to find, like, newer ones. But these really, like, chef's kiss take the cake. So this takes place between 1845 and 1846 in Latvia. It's a private school for girls. And I have the name for the school. Am I going to say it? Yes. Am I going to butcher it? Probably. <laughs> it's called Pensanot von Neuwackel. Wow, I really did. You might have said it perfectly. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. I know that I messed up that. So, so at the school was a young teacher. She was in her 30s. She started working there as a French teacher and tutor. Her name was Emily Segui. And Unlike a lot of the previous stories and examples where the person in question saw their own doppelganger, Miss Gee's doppelganger appeared to everyone but her. She was reportedly never seeing it, but she would feel its presence. Which means that whenever it would appear, her her own face would drain of color. And she would become, like, suddenly super tired, and her body and movements would be heavy and listless. So strange. Almost like the doctor was using her energy to appear. Yeah. Like, sucking from her, like, oop, here I am. So, while writing in the class, while in the classroom, she was writing notes upon the chalkboard, her double appeared, mimicking her writing and movement. No. And once more in the dining hall, while she ate, the other Sagi would appear doing the same movements, just slightly off. Ooh. Creepazoid. It then began, it slowly got more and more terrifying until it culminated in the summer of 1846. Now, it's a small school. There was only 42 students total. So, wait, I have a question. Mm-hmm. So, like... These kids are just noticing, like, her in one place and her in another place? Or her almost in the same area. Like, two of her, seeing double of her. Oh. Okay, because you said she was in the cafeteria and she was in the classroom, right? Those are two different experiences. Okay. Okay. So, while she's in the classroom writing notes on the chalkboard, her double would appear and mimic writing as well. Oh, time when she was eating in the dining hall, her double appeared and was mimicking that as well. And nobody is like, what the heck is going on? No, I don't know. Maybe they were, but they're also probably too afraid to say anything. Uh, 
And then in the summer of 1846, like I said, small school. There's only 42 student girls in total. They were all gathered together in a hall for a sewing lesson. Obviously, Miss McGee was not there teaching them because she's not doing sewing. But they had seen her in the school's garden picking flowers and, like, collecting things. So they knew where she was. She was there. Well, so we have all the girls in the room, Miss McGee outside, and the teacher who's instructing them goes to leave the room to talk to another teacher. So the moment that teacher leaves the room, suddenly the doppelganger of Miss McGee appears in front of the room and just is staring straight at the children. Oh, my God. That would terrify me, Dana. Just staring at them, not talking, just staring at them. No. She was eventually fired from her job. For that? Probably. And I saw one article note that she was told to have, like, it was said that she had 18 jobs within 16 years. Oh my and I wonder God. how many of those jobs ending were tied to her soul-sucking doppelganger. Dana. What? Why? Somebody's at my door. Yeah, somebody's here. Can you hold on? Yeah. It's just me while she talks to the people at the door. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for waiting. Don't worry. Don't worry. I, I didn't know who it was, and I. Fine. Yeah. So now, besides the paranormal, there are many examples or explanations to what what they think is behind the appearance of double twins and doppelgangers some professionals attribute some of them to mental illness like schizophrenia or things like brain tumors because those afflictions can cause people to experience hallucinations of themselves or other people which is an experience known as um cutes cutesoscopy while wow, i am winning um, H- You're doing your best. H e a u t o s c o p y. According to Professor Christopher French, it is quote common in people with epilepsy, especially right before they're about to have a seizure, to see like a hallucination. And there was an example of an experience in the early 1990s that can be an example of just what can happen with this now i'm going to read for you from an article explaining what happened to this man so there's a 21 year old man who after coming in from a night of drinking saw his doppelganger lying in his bed and he began to shout at it like wake up get out of bed Wait. you know and despite his shouts and attempts to wake it the double he was seeing refused to move. Then they switched places. 
Oh. And the man was now lying in the bed, suddenly unable to move, watching himself or his double shouting at him from above. And this kept repeating again and again, the switching of places, until the man jumped from a fourth floor window. Oh, God, Dana. A desperate attempt to, quote, find a match between body and self. What? Now, it was noted that he had been being treated for seizures, but he had stopped taking his anticonvulsant medicines before all this had happened. And he had also been out drinking that night. Thankfully, he survived this fall, this jump, and he was taken to a hospital. And it was here while he was being treated for, you know, jumping from a freaking fourth store window. It was discovered that he had a tumor on his left temporal lobe. And the epilepsy related to the temporal lobe is the most frequent form of that condition of seeing hallucinations. Once the tumor was removed, the seizures and hallucinations stopped. Oh, poor guy. But it just goes to show that, like, some of these things that they're seeing could be medically tied in. Yeah. Uh, not except for the school, because, like, a lot of people saw that. Yeah. Because that's the thing. That one creeps me out because she didn't see herself. Everyone else saw her and her body reacted negatively. Yeah. So that is doppelgangers. What do you think, Megan? I think it's so strange. Right? Yeah. Like, I really do wonder, especially what went on in that school. The school one gets me. And I think also because all of the people, like historical people, who were like, oh, yeah, I saw Yes. I saw this. They're like, what? And then something terrible happened to them. I hope to never see somebody that looks exactly like me. And I think the, 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 the fact of the aspect of the harbinger of death aspect is such a weird thing. Right, right. Because these were people in high power that saw these things and they were, and the things that they saw, did, wait, they didn't see it actually happen. Wait, did, no, they, they, they didn't see it dream. actually happen. I mean, Shelly saw the house flooding and like being crushed. And he was, like, drowned at sea. So I guess you could attribute that aspect to it. But they didn't always see it. Like, it was, you know the word, it was. It was almost like a premonition. Yes, it was like a premonition. premonition and it was, like, translated. I can't think the word, but, like, translated to apply to that. Like, with Lincoln, his wife said, oh, this must mean. That you will serve one one term, but something bad's gonna happen the second one, and it came to be like it came to fruition. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these, for better or for worse, almost have a sense of like foreboding with them, and mm-hmm. and I think it's really interesting in that aspect of doppelgangers because we use it so lightly nowadays with like oh my gosh they're doppelgangers they look so much alike, whereas the true meaning of it is almost like it's a wraith a supernatural entity that's like hi it's me it's you we're the problem something's happening 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you think of doppelganger scene? I so going into it, I didn't know the true like I didn't know I thought it was like, oh, I saw like oh I saw you the other day, but it wasn't you. I thought it was something like that. And now the fact that it's like I've seen me mm-hmm. freaks me the fuck out. Like it is it it it's more because I feel like it's that that's not me that I'm seeing. I'm seeing a creature, a monster, a demon type thing. And that creeps me out. I know. I just see myself like I'm picturing well, actually I was picturing you looking out the window and like seeing yourself smiling back at you. Do you on the see other it side. like that the smile like that? Yes, that's smile? exactly what I see, Dana. The smile the movie smile? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly like, what I see. Same. Same and I hate it. Like yep. when we see things about doppelgangers and like are like in a lot of like media, like the movie mm-hmm. us and other things. Like the theory of that and the creepiness of it, because I think it's something that it's such an untouched, an untapped like vein of fear, right? Of am I the only me? If there's another me type thing, or more than that, I don't know, but it just creeped me out. And what if what if it like somehow was connected to parallel universes? That's what the, that's another thing too. It's like, do you have is my parallel self is the veil thin there? You know? Yeah. I don't know. So many things, guys. What do you think about it? Let us know. I want to know what you think. Wait, what are your ideas on it? Or if you just, you know, want to give us some ideas, maybe for the next show. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've had examples with any of the above, Glitch in the Matrix or Doppelgangers, please let us know. Or if you have any ideas of anything else you want to hear from us, discuss, and scare each other with, feel free to reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Scary Sisters Pod. And you can contact us via email at Scary Sisters Pod at gmail.com. And we will see you back here again, same time, same place next week for another episode of Scary Sisters. Scary Sisters? For another episode of Scary Stories to Tell Your Sisters. Once we again, are scary. What? We are scary. We are scary. I'm a scaredy cat. Once again, we are your sisters. I'm Dana. And I'm Megan. We'll see you then. Stay safe and stay spooky. Love you. Bye.